Bobby from Dogs Mad. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, uh, can we get this started with the serenity prayer, please? God, grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. As John said, my home group is domains across the street there. Uh, my sobriety date is October 4, 2002. Um, I was raised with parents that uh, gave me what I needed. Um, and somewhere along the line, uh, uh, I decided uh, to become a juvenile delinquent. I started hanging around with juvenile delinquents, and we were all studying to be hoodlums. Um, and somewhere around the age of uh, 17, uh, uh, I probably uh, uh, did like all good hoodlums, and it was time to go to jail. Uh, but this was in 1969, and at that time, uh, uh, the courts were letting you join the uh, armed forces rather than go uh, away to jail. Uh, I joined the Marine Corps. Uh, the next morning, I was at Paris Island uh, uh, Marine Corps boot camp. And uh, six months later, I was sitting on a hill in Vietnam. Uh, and I had wondered how it had got so bad so quick. And I remembered uh, my parents, and I remembered my teachers. I remember the judges and the police all telling me, straighten up, kid, you're headed for trouble. Uh, and I was there. I was in trouble. Uh, they sent me from Vietnam to Bethesda Naval Hospital in Maryland. Uh, I was grateful to be uh, alive. I was grateful to be back in the United States, and, and I wanted to change. I didn't know how to change, uh, uh, but at that uh, at that hospital uh, they had mass every morning. Uh, uh, I was raised Catholic, so I started attending mass. Uh, I started helping some of those uh, less fortunate uh, uh, patients there. And uh, one Friday morning they came in and they asked me if I was uh, ready to go home for the weekend. I said, Yeah, I'm ready to go home. That afternoon, I flew from uh, D.C. into Cleveland. Uh, I took the rapid up to University Circle, and I took the bus a couple, uh, a couple of blocks from my parents' house. And I was walking that last couple of blocks, and, and I saw somebody I had grown up with, and uh, he drove by, and he beat the horn, and he raised a beer out the window. Uh, and that scared me. Um, you know, when you're overseas, you miss a lot of things, uh, but mostly uh, you miss your family. Uh, I was finally going home to my family. It was a Friday night. Uh, I don't know why they were all home, but they were. Uh, um, I was visiting with them about an hour. Uh, the people found out I was uh, home. They came over. They brought some beer. Uh, somebody cracked a beer and uh, gave it to me. They said, welcome home, Bobby. I drank that beer, they gave me another one, uh, and they said, hey, let's go down to the, uh, to the bar and celebrate. And all those good intentions I had down at that hospital were straightening out and doing the right thing uh, uh, went right out the window. Because uh, I, uh, uh, I was back with the boys now. Uh, we stayed out that whole weekend. 
I should say. I stayed out there all weekend. Uh, and, the, and the more guilt I felt about staying away from my family, the more I drank uh, to kill that guilt. Uh, I showed up back at home about an hour before it was time to get on the plane, went out to the airport, and, and, and got back to the hospital. I remember that, uh, that look my mother gave me that night as I was leaving, because uh, I was going to see that look again and again and again. Um, I finished up my tour in the Marine Corps. Uh, I came back to uh, Cleveland Heights. Uh, some things had changed. Uh, all the hoodlums had turned into hippies. Uh, the neighborhood had changed. The only thing that hadn't changed was the feeling that whiskey gave me. And me and that whiskey became real good friends. Uh, my father told me, uh, take a little time off, decide what you want to do, and I'll help you. I ended up taking the next six and a half years off. Uh, I stayed drunk the whole time. And, uh, and I remember at the end of those six and a half years, people that were once saying, good to see you, Bobby, were crossing the street uh, to avoid talking with me. Uh, a friend of mine that had been overseas, uh, he was out at the VA drying out. Called me up. He said, "Hey, I'm out here. Uh, uh, it seems to be helping me. Uh, why don't you try it out?" I went out to the VA. Uh, I learned about alcoholism. I learned how uh, I was a drunk. I learned how to deal with it, uh, what to do. Um, and it, at the end of those 28 days, he said, "When you go back to your neighborhood tonight, go to an AA meeting. Stand up and and tell them." Uh, uh, when they asked for the new guys, tell them your name and, and tell them you're an alcoholic. Me and that friend of mine went back to uh, the neighborhood that night. We went to the AA meeting, and just like they said, at the end they asked for the new people to stand up and give them their names. And my buddy nudged me, he said, we got to stand up. I said, I'm not standing up. Uh, he stood up, uh, he gave him his name, he said he was an alcoholic. He pointed to me, he said, and so is he. Um, and and everybody in that room turned around to see uh, who the guy was that wouldn't stand up. Uh, I didn't stand up because I was willing to do any change in there. I stood up because I was embarrassed. Uh, and because for the first time I didn't have that willingness to do something I didn't want to do, nothing changed. Uh, and if nothing changes, nothing changes. I continued on with my uh, drinking and, and other things, but because this is Alcoholics Anonymous, I'll, uh, I'll stick to the alcohol. Anybody wants to talk after meeting, I'll talk. Um, I'm not going to bring you through a uh, 25-year uh, drunk log, uh, but I'll tell you, uh, I sobered up when I was 51 years old. Uh, I was out there bumping into walls for a long time. bring you up to uh, uh, one thing uh, uh, when I was out there that, that hit home with me. I was out in Denver, Colorado when I had been arrested for a DUI and, and I remember uh, the cop waking me up in a jail cell and, and asking me if I knew why I was there and, and I told him, no, I don't know. Uh, 
uh, and he turned around and he walked away. Um, and I started thinking, why am I here? I had no idea why I was there. He came back uh, a short time later. He says, you know, uh, a guy like you one of these days is going to hurt somebody or kill somebody uh, with your drinking. Um, and, and years later when I got arrested in my neighborhood and, and I knew uh, where they put the drunks in the, in the drunk tank there, I wasn't in that drunk tank. And, and I was all by myself in a, in a jail cell there and, and, and I was thinking, uh, why isn't anybody coming and talking to me? Why isn't uh, somebody coming to bail me out? And, and I remember what that cop said in Denver. He says, uh, one of these days you're going to kill somebody. And I remember thinking, is this the day they're going to come and tell me that? Uh, I'd like to tell you that was the last time I drank, but I didn't. Uh, up to my last drunk, I've been working. Uh, the people at work were uh, fed up with me. Uh, they've been trying to kick me out the door for a long time, and they finally did. Uh, things were wrapping up for me. Uh, things were getting bad real quick. Um, I remember I, uh, I was going to meetings. I had gotten a sponsor. I had gotten a home group. Like it said, you got to get honest, and I hadn't gotten honest. Uh, I was sitting at my sponsor's home group with him one night, uh, and what I had taken before the meeting wasn't working. Uh, and as the meeting started, I started sweating, uh, and I started getting scared. And, and I knew what was coming. Uh, I knew what was coming, and I just wanted that meeting to get over with. I remember getting real uh, fidgety in that seat and, and looking at my sponsor, and, and he was drinking a cup of coffee. And he wrote something on a cup of coffee, and he put it in front of me, and it said, Surrender. You know, at, at that moment, I was, I was, uh, uh, I had always had a backup plan on what I was going to do. But that night in that chair at that meeting, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no backup plan. And I remember asking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I had seen that word surrender a lot of times, and I had heard it a lot of times, but that night in front of that, uh, on that coffee cup, I knew what that word meant. Um, I went home that night and I started uh, a detox, and I knew how to detox because I had detoxed many times. I knew how I was going to feel on the second day, the second hour, and the second minute. And after <coughs> three days, I'd, uh, I'd tell myself I... Uh, I'm not an alcoholic because an alcoholic couldn't go three days without drinking. And on the fourth day, I get blasted. Uh, this time, I knew something was different. Uh, I did those three days, and that fourth day started, and, uh, and the fear was there, and the misery was there, and I was sweating, and I was sick. Uh, and every bad thing I had ever done was going through my mind. And this disease was telling me, pick up the phone and get some relief. And I remember saying, God help me. And I remember uh, that disease telling me again, pick up the phone and get some relief. Uh, and I knew if I picked up that phone, I'd be right back in that misery, right back in that fear. 
right where I was there. Um, and that fear kept on, and I was scared. Um, and that went on for I don't know how many days. Um, the one thing every time I got that thought about picking up that phone, uh, I remember saying, God help me. When that fear finally subsided, I wasn't quite as scared. Uh, I knew something was different. Uh, I knew all those other times I had picked up that phone and gotten that relief. And this time I hadn't done that. Um, and I knew what the people in Alcoholics Anonymous were going to say when I came back to the meetings. They were going to ask me that question I didn't like. What are you willing to do, Bobby? And I never answered them. I never told them what I was willing to do. Because I wasn't willing to do anything I didn't want to do. Uh, and this time, I, I knew when I went back, I was going to have to tell them. I was going to have to have an answer for them. What was I willing to do? And they asked me, what am I willing to do? I said, whatever you tell me. Uh, and somebody said, you got to do everything if you want everything, Bobby. Because if nothing changes, nothing changes. Um, I remember uh, uh, coming to meetings. And I remember uh, people asking me before, stand up and read the steps, and I'd say, sure. And I'd think about standing up and reading the steps, and I'd think, I can't do that. So I'd put them down on the table, and I'd walk out of the meeting. Because, again, I wasn't willing to do anything that I didn't want to do. And as I say, this time things were different. I went to a meeting and somebody asked me to stand up and read those steps, and I didn't want to read them. And I kept thinking about that last detox, all that fear, all that misery. Uh, reading those steps scared me, but picking up that drink terrified me. Uh, I read those steps. And I remember about 11 months uh, uh, sober, somebody asked me to read, and I said, oh, oh hold on, i got to check with my sponsor on that one. Uh, I remember asking my sponsor uh, if he thought I was ready to read. He said, yeah, that's a good idea. And I told him, I said, you know, this isn't working for me. Uh, I said, I still hate these meetings. I hate these people. I hate everything about this. And I remember him saying, when's the last time you were sober 11 months? I said, I've never been sober 11 months. He says, then don't tell me this don't work. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I remember that night of that lead, uh, Johnny's home group there. I was scared. Uh, I didn't want to do that. And this disease kept telling me, get out of there. Uh, I knew if I left that meeting, I knew what was going to happen. The thought of that drink terrified me. The thought of that lead scared me. Uh, I gave that lead, and, and, and I remember uh, since, that, since that time uh, uh, when I'm asked to do something in Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, I do it. Because uh, I don't want to go back to that fear, that misery, that life I had. Um, this is a much, much easier way of life got to do things you don't want to do, but if you don't change, you're going to stay exactly the way you are. And 
and we all know what that's like. Um, because of uh, uh, my sobriety, uh, I was able to take care of uh, my mother the last three years of her life. I had no idea how to do that, but uh, <clears throat> you people in Alcoholics Anonymous, you, you told me, you taught me. You showed me what to do, um, and you told me you do this and you'll have no regrets, and I don't. I don't have any regrets for uh, uh, listening to the people of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, there's things today I still don't like doing, uh, but I'll tell you what, I remember, uh, I remember that last drunk and I do them, because I don't want to go back to that way of life. I sponsor people today. I go to as many meetings as I can. Uh, I pray. I have a God of my understanding. And I, I help drunks. I think that's about all I have to say. Uh, thank you for asking me, Johnny. We say the hour, Father.